This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Uh, before we get started, you know, life, life is in phases and cycles. Uh, Austin, Austin taught us a few weeks ago about the seasons of life. Amen. Life is in seasons, in cycles, and in phases. And there is someone, God, that is above every season. The Bible says, let, let's read this in uh, New King James. New King James. The Bible says that God is the one that changes times and seasons. He says, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those that have understand it. Lift up both hands to heaven and say, Father, say like you mean it. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, my times, my seasons are in your hands. Change it for the better. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and pray, 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 pray. It says your times and your seasons, they are in his hands and he's the one that is able to change the times and the seasons. He can remove kings. He can replace kings. Whoever is sitting on your throne, that thing that belongs to you, whoever is sitting on it, my prayer for you is that God will arise for you and he will put you in your rightful place. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we'll look unto you. We'll look unto you. In the name of Jesus, I look unto you, Jehovah. I look unto you, Jehovah. Oh, Lord, let my season of refreshing, let it come now. Let it come now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The Lord will have me tell somebody, that your, it is your appointed time to maximize your potential and to fulfill destiny. It is my appointed time to maximize my potential. Every potential that has laid dormant become active in the name of Jesus. I enter into my destiny. I enter into my place in destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may please be seated. Brethren, I want you to know that in life, everything has time and season. Uh, Austin made that very clear to us, so I'm not going to dwell on that. There is a time and there is a season. If you miss the season, you know, like planting and sowing and reaping, there's a season to plant, and there's a season to harvest. Today, we begin a new series. Thank you, baby. Uh, we begin a new series that 
we have called rooted. Somebody say, I am rooted. I am rooted. Rooted in what, though? <laughs> in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> being rooted refers to being grounded in the faith. Unmovable, unshakable. Unmovable, unshakable. Psalm 1 and the third verse. Psalm 1 and verse 3, the New King James. It says, the man that is rooted in faith, it says, is like a man that is planted by the waterways, by the riverside, that brings forth his fruit in a season whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Hallelujah. In order for a seed to grow, in order for any seed, to grow. In order for any seed to prosper, the first thing is what? It has to be planted. Generally. Generally, you know, science has changed a lot of things now. There are some seeds you put them on the table. You know, like a demon, it will start growing by itself. <laughs> they don't need the earth. Amen? So for, in order for any seed to grow, and for it to grow properly, Right? It needs a soil. It needs a soil. A seed is generally planted in the soil, and the quality of the soil is huge in the impact on the seed, on the productivity of that seed. How well a seed will thrive, how well a seed will prosper, is determined by the quality of the soil into which the seed has been planted. If you have the church app, the sermon note should already be in the church app. Amen? So to kick off the series today, we're going to start by talking about planting seed and the quality of the seed and the quality of the soil that is, the seed is planted in. You know, as I was meditating on this, <laughs> the thing that came to mind for me, I don't know about you, uh, but I've been to many of your homes, you know. It's not too far from my story that I'm about to tell. So save your laughter. If you are going to laugh at me, I'm already laughing at you too. <laughs> you know, we bought our first house in uh, 2003 when we had the twins. We bought our first house 2003. And uh, from that time until a few years ago, everywhere we have lived from 2003 up until recently, it's like the grass is cursed. <laughs> you know? When we get there, the whole lawn, everything is green. But give us a year or a couple of years. The grass is dead. By the time we are leaving, there is no grass. <laughs> no grass left. You know, I, so I concluded in my heart. I said the grass, the grass is cursed. You know, those lawns, they, they are cursed. You know, but I realized when we moved to this new house that there are certain things that you need to do when you have a lawn. You know, and uh, my, my sister, she's a special, she's my advisor when it comes to all things lawn services. She's my advisor, you know. So I learned by experience that it is not enough to plant a seed. You can plant, 
But the outcome depends on a number of factors. And those are the things we'll be looking at today. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. You know the parable, the parable of the sower. The goal of planting is what? It's harvest. There's something you are looking forward to when you put a seed to the ground. When you plant and there's no harvest, it's like investment without return on investment. You had an investment, ROI is zero or <laughs> negative. That's bad investment. Matthew chapter 13, uh, from, I'm going to read from verse 3 because of time. Say, he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and he scattered them across his field. If you have a hard copy Bible, you can underline that. That's significant. He scattered them across his field. Some seeds fell on a footpath. The birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots... They died. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Let's jump to verse 18. Verse 18. Verse 18, it says, so verse 18 is the explanation of the parable. 18 to 23, that is. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, somebody say deep roots. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the law of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. The first thing that stuck out to me in this passage is what I told you to note in verse 3. In verse 3, the Bible says, 
or verse 4 rather, the Bible says, as he scattered them across his field. That tells me about the generosity of the sower. In fact, there's a, there's a picture that I put, I put a link to the sermon note. You know, when I learned how to maintain my lawn, that uh, towards the end of summer, the beginning of fall, you need to put fertilizer, and then you need to plant winter grass and all of these things so you keep it green even through the winter. I got me a spreader. You don't have the spreader. You don't have the image. The image is in the note. A spreader. How many of us know the spreader? You know, those things, you rule them. You know, you see how the spreader sprays the seed. Sprays the seed. Very generous. The spreader or the sower is not selective in sowing. That struck me. Because for somebody like me, if I know somebody whose heart is hard and will not receive, I say, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my time. Because there's no profit in that investment. But the sower sowed generously. The sower scattered the, 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 the seed on every soil. Every soil. Stony, pathway, just name it. Everywhere the sower sowed. The Bible tells us, it says, sow in the morning. Sow at noon time. Sow at night. You know why? You don't know which one will prosper. Amen? How many of us received seeds when you came in this morning? Not everybody. Okay. How many people did not receive? They didn't give you seed when you came. So we all got seeds. You didn't. Okay. Ushers, we have to do better next time. It's too late now. It's too late. Okay. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I know there's at least one person that has lost their seed. Don't raise your hand. The ushers will give you seeds at the end of the service. In fact, the ushers were going to be very nice. They said, Pastor, why don't we put the seeds in Ziploc bags and give them as they come in? I said, no. The point of the exercise is small seed, big enough to see, but small enough to lose. You know why? You, do, you don't understand the value of the seed that has been given to you. And if you don't understand the value of what you have, you're going to handle it carelessly. So I said, don't worry about it. Just make sure everybody gets two seeds. Not one, two seeds. Some people have lost both. It's not to call you out or anything. What is the point of the sower sowing so generously? Very simple. God is very passionate. God desires so much that his word is planted 
and takes root in our lives and bears fruit. That is why there is no selection. He's not selective in how he gives the, the seed out. The word of God is available for all. The word of God is available for the sinner. If I did not hear the word of God, how do I give my life to God? The word of God is not just for Christians to quote quote scriptures in prayer. Oh, Father, the Bible says, it is my time. Oh, the Bible says, I know the plans that I have towards you. They are plans of good, not of evil. To bring you to an expected, it is my expected time. No, 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 no. There is much more to the word of the Lord than that. So Jesus, you you notice from the Matthew 13, uh, 18 to 23 that we read, began to talk about the different kinds of soil. And it gave us four scenarios. Four scenarios of the seed being spread in this parable. He explains that the seed is the word of God. The inerrant word of God. Let me stop for a minute there. The word of God is inerrant. You know what that means? It means there is no error in the word of God. So when, when it comes to the seed... There is no problem with the seed. And then he likened the soils to different hearts. So the different kind of soil he was talking about there, he was referring to the different hearts that human beings have. The different hearts that you and I, we have. And he clearly stated that the problem is not with the seed, rather the problem is with the soil. So hopefully, by the time we're done today, you will be able to identify the kind of heart that you have right now. If you don't have a fertile one right now, it's still okay. It means there's room for improvement. Like I have learned with my lawn. On my street now, I have one of the best lawns. Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody going to make me look bad. Nobody. I have one of the best lawn on my street now. In fact, I just paid for a service. They said they need to do aeration. You know about it. Okay. They need to do aeration. I said, come do it. Because I'm determined to have a flourishing lawn. The next time I come to your house and I see the lawn, like man used to be, I will remind you. No, I will remember you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's come back to this now. Number one kind of soil or heart it talked about. You will see in verse 19, Matthew 13, verse 19. It said, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. And because they lack understanding, then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. This heart I liken to hardened or oblivious or ignorant hearts. 
Amen. Oblivious, ignorant of the word of God, ignorant of the knowledge of God. And like I said, the person that was given a tiny seed, they didn't give you any explanation. So it's not your fault, really. Nobody said anything. They just handed you two seeds. Welcome to church. I don't even know what they said. Hopefully they say welcome. <laughs> yeah, I say welcome to church. Two seeds. A gift for you. That's what I would have said if I were the ushers. A gift for you. A gift for you. A gift for you. And you look at it and say, a gift for me. We had an exercise in workers meeting this morning. They say, two, they paired up. Say, tell that person the kind of gift you value and you would like to receive. I overheard somebody sitting behind me. Say, my own is money. You just give me money. <laughs> I bet you if as you were coming in this morning, everybody was handed a $100 bill, nobody will lose it. Nobody will lose it. That is exactly what happens to us when we hear the word and we don't understand the word. As soon as the word comes, the birds of the air eat up the word. There are some people that are opposed to the gospel. And there are others that are just oblivious of what is going on. They go to church. Going to church and being rooted in Christ are two different things. There are many people very familiar with Christianity. They are familiar with the religion, but they are not familiar with the one, the master, and the savior. So the first category tells us about those people. Any heart that is not hospitable to the word of God, the word of God cannot grow or prosper in that heart. Any heart that does not value God or the things of God, the word of God cannot prosper in those hearts. Watch this. Psalm 119, verse 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. It says, the entrance of your word gives light. For the most part, we stop there. But the entrance of the word does not give light to everybody. It says it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It means the heart that is ready and prepared, the heart that is open, when the word enters, the word will illuminate that heart. And it will establish that heart. Hallelujah. Interestingly, the farmer still planted in this wasteland. Why? There is hope for all. There is hope for all. So what I did, I, I put, because I know I will be pressed for time, I put examples for each type, kind of heart. An example of this kind of heart is Judas. Judas Iscariot. He walked side by side with Jesus. 
but he did not know Jesus. If he would have known Jesus, he would not have betrayed him. So you and I need to watch ourselves. My church attendance, is it just that? Check that box. Or am I growing? Am I knowing him? Am I being rooted? Am I being grounded in him? I was so encouraged yesterday. I'll just say this real quick. They didn't know I was listening, you know, but uh, they saved by grace. Our young adults, they were on the phone praying, led by Michael Jackson himself. <laughs> Are they praying so fervently? You know, you hear some prayer, this, you know, you are angry that what are, go and sleep, all of you. Because they are praying, oh yama, 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 oh yama, yama, yama. Oh, these, these children were, were these young folks were very passionate. Very, very passionate, hungry for Jesus. God bless you. Number two, number two, you see this heart in verses 20 and 21. It said the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately they receive it. They get excited. They get excited. Oh, this month is my month to receive my blessing. They get so excited. But the soil is shallow. The soil is shallow. You look in here. In fact, my wife was telling me this is too much. I said, the more the merrier. I want this seed to thrive. I want this seed to thrive. He said, but for some people, the soil is too shallow. Those are the ones that are excited the first time they had the message. And they begin to mouth it. They are mouthing it, but it has not entered into their heart. They've had it. It excited them. Bridget! Go, pastor! Hallelujah! Give it three, four days. What was preached? Somebody said this evening. Say, what was preached? They said, the service was good, man. What was good about it? Oh, man, that message really blessed me. What about it? They can't tell. This kind of heart, okay, let's, let's finish verse 21. He said, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. You know, what, what this is really talking about is by the next day, by the time you are faced with the vicissitudes of life, you get to work, you know, and the manager, the supervisor, whatever, somebody begins to harass them. They forgot about the word of faith they had the day before. Why? Because they did not allow the word to grow deep into them. These are the kind of hearts that I call troubled hearts. A troubled heart that produces shallow roots. The roots are not deep. In Colossians chapter 2, the Bible says, let, let that rip, uh, uh, root, let it grow deep, deep into him, deep into Christ. Deep into Christ. Hallelujah. An example of this is Demas. Demas, you see in Philemon 1.24, Colossians 4.14, Paul was talking about 
the, the, his co-workers, the people that worked with him, his, his, uh, his enablers. He was talking about his ministers, people they served together. He said, but Demas, for the cares of the world, Demas has forsaken us. Demas has forsaken us. When the issues of life come, and they surely will come, the kind of heart we have will then be revealed. Am I rooted? Am I grounded? Or am I superficial? Another example is the young rich ruler. Uh, the rich young ruler came to Jesus, said, how do I inherit eternal life? Very sincere question. He said, oh, go do this. He said, oh, I've obeyed the commandment from my youth. He said, okay. Everything you have, go give it away and then come follow me. The Bible says he walked away from Jesus sad. Can you imagine any human being appearing before the king of kings, the lord of lords, the king of glory, appears before the king of glory and walks away sorrowful. Hallelujah. Shallow roots. Shallow roots. Shallow roots get offended very easily. Oh, he said this to me. Can you imagine the way she spoke to me? This, 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 and they always have a story or another to tell. Shallow roots. Thin soil. Thin soil. It will grow and everybody will recognize and see that, oh, something is growing. Something is growing. Perhaps they begin to prophesy. Perhaps they join the choir. They begin to sing. Everybody is falling under the anointing. But just wait for trouble. One trouble and everything is out the window. Rooted in Christ. Friends, my prayer for us is that we'll be rooted in Christ and not rooted in activities. Rooted in Christ, not in activity. It is easy for a pastor, you know, I have to preach. I have this engagement. I have that engagement. I have all of that. All you're doing is preparing someone and preaching. And people are being blessed. Don't mistake what I'm saying. People are being blessed. But his own soul is lost because it's not rooted. The same is true of me. If I'm an usher, that is all about the activity that I'm doing. But I'm not rooted in Christ. In fact, I could even be in prayer. We are the ones praying. Oh, shama, shama, shama. Oh, kulu, kulu, kulu. Oh, jagba, jagba, jagba. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm making that up. I'm not, I'm not praying in tongues or anything. You know? You can be doing all of that and still not rooted. You can know scriptures. And quote scriptures and still not be rooted. The Bible says by their roots, uh, by their fruit, we shall know them. The third one, verse 22. Give me verse 22 very quickly. We're going to wrap this up uh, shortly. Verse 22. You have the, the seed that fell among the thorns. 
those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, they are crowded. The word is crowded out by the things of this life and the allure of wealth. Think about Solomon. Think about Solomon. When Solomon became king, God said, ask me anything. Ask me what? Anything. God gave him a blank check. If God gives you a blank check, I know what I will ask. What would you ask? Solomon said, just give me wisdom to lead this your people. Give me wisdom. I want to lead these people well. God said, because you have asked for that and not for riches and wealth, not only will I give you that, but I will also give you riches. So much so, Queen Sheba said, I have heard about your wisdom and your wealth. He said, I want to see for myself. She came to visit and brought him gifts. But the same Solomon, towards the end of his life, with his 300 wives and 700 concubines, the Bible says they took away his heart. His heart drifted away from God. Friends, be careful. Be careful. His indulgence in pleasures and the desires of the world weakened his relationship with God. Where are you? Remember, it's a reflection of our own heart. Are you seeing where your heart is? Am I seeing where my heart is? He said, the allure of wealth, of success, of riches. But for Solomon, the money didn't trip him. But the women. Nothing wrong with women. It's just his eyes. Everywhere he went, he saw. You know, and because he can afford it, he said, I'll marry you. 300 wives. That is unfathomable for me. 300. Three, zero, zero. Wow. He's a strong man. We, we, have, to give, we have to give that to him. 300 wives and 700 concubines. 1,000 women. One man. Even if he was visiting two in one day. Is king. He can do whatever he likes. Even if he visited one in the morning and then visited another one in the evening. It means before the turn goes round and the clock comes back. Almost three. Two years, 365. So, almost three years before he will come back to the last two. Oh, two years. You're right. Yeah, two years. Amen? For the Bible says, those women, for some of us today, is not women. You know what it is for you. What is pulling your heart? What is tugging your heart? What is pulling it away from the things of God? 
Amen. And the last one talks about the fertile heart. The heart that is ready. The heart that can be corrected. The one that can be rebuked. The one that the seed can find comfort and right conditions to grow. Example of this is the Samaritan woman. Came all filthy to the well. All filthy. She was, she was posing for Jesus. Jesus said, okay, enough. Go call your husband. She said, I'm not married. She said, you're right. Because the one you are with now is not your husband. And you have been through seven husbands or six husbands. Say, I know. But because she was open to receive, in that moment with Jesus, I mean, when you think about what Jesus said to her, it's almost like, you know, abuse, insult. Say, you have husband one, you dumped him. Husband two, you dumped him. Husband three, dumped. Husband four, dumped. Husband five, dumped. Husband six, dumped. And the man in your house, you are not even married to him. Is that, does that sound like a compliment to you? But in spite of the insult, her heart was open to receive. By the time she was done with Jesus, the Bible says she went back home and told everybody that she found the Messiah. She evangelized the whole town and brought the whole town to Jesus. What a harvest. What a harvest. Can God count on me? Can God count on you? Amen? Those who listen and understand and embrace the word of God, the resultant effect of that is growth and spiritual fruitfulness. Care is required when it comes to the word of God. The same way you easily lost those seeds is the same way the word of God slides away from the heart. It was intentional. I made sure it was not being seed. And we're going to do an exercise together. So you're going to go get your own kind of soil. Get a pot. And plant that seed. At the end of four weeks, let's see where we're at. I'm going to plant mine. It's not planted yet. This is just uh, soil. I'm going to plant it. You plant yours. And uh, every week, we will check. And it will serve as a reminder to us about the word of God and the nurture and the care that is required. Listen to me. Please rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.